0: Hey, Warners, welcome to another episode of the Women Your Mother Warns You About, brought to you by Sales Gravy. And real quick, before we get started with this uh, this episode, head over to salesgravy.university. We are climbing close to 300 courses at Sales Gravy University, both on demand and live. So if you're trying to up-level, go check that out with contributors from everywhere, not just internally at Sales Gravy. But I am super excited to welcome back someone to the show who has not been on the show since before COVID, which says a lot because that means the show's been around a while. So this show in its fifth year, welcoming back Liz Wendling, sales coach and business consultant and the birth mother and founder. You like that? I just made you the birth mother (laughs) of the sales clinic. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Liz, welcome back. Thanks for having me back. It's going to be fun. It is so cool to have you back. There's so much I want to talk about. I know we're going to, a big theme that you and I are going to talk about today is breaking bad sales habits. I think, you know, let's jump into that one. Okay, cool. Let's jump right into that. And then I'm going to come back to some of the things that you've been working on since we previously talked. The world has changed so much since you were last on the show for both you and me. Oh, hell uh, yeah. As uh, we were trying to catch up right before this, but Let's talk about breaking bad sales habits. Where you, where's your head on that? Because you
1: suggested it. And I'm like, yes, bring it. Because first of all, it's never easy to acknowledge that we may have some bad habits, whether they're in our life or in our business or how we show up in the world every day. So uh, they're bad and they get in the way. And the first step in any kind of habit and breaking any bad any habit or any bad sales habit is to first acknowledge it and to acknowledge the fact that if you don't meet it head on and address it right away, that habit just stays ingrained. And then you practice it every day and it even gets more ingrained. And I watch so many people do the same thing over and over, not get any results, and then try to 10x that crap. So they say, you know, this isn't working, but I'm going to 2x it, 5x it, 10x it. So I'm going to get really good at being crappy. I'm going to get really good at keeping my bad sales habits. And they could show up in, oh, my gosh, so many different ways from maybe you're being too pushy and you don't realize it. Or the extreme of that is being wishy-washy and too nice. You have the habit of being too nice and bending yourself into a pretzel for people. Maybe you don't listen. Maybe you have the inability to show up on time. That you, there, no matter what you do, you're always apologizing for being late, which is an awful habit. That's probably the worst one, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Or you don't deliver on time. You tell someone you're going to do something in the time frame that you say you're going to do it, and then you say, "Oh, I'm really sorry, I got so busy, I didn't get around to it." Maybe poor or no follow up, being unorganized, or winging it is one. And so many more. So we can talk about some of them, but they're in the way. And if you're not getting the results that you say you want, there could be a habit standing in the way that if not addressed, will continue to stay there. And that's what I do with clients is figure out what habit they have that is not a good habit anymore, and it's not serving them anymore. So that's where I get into breaking their bad sales habits. So in in many ways, like the things
0: that you have outlined, and I agree with all of them, especially like the not delivering on time and then add to that one, then blaming someone else for the reason why.
1: Oh, that's yeah, that's a big one. I could when someone says, I just can't believe that people would sit down and meet with me for an hour and then completely blow me off. And. I, that is always such a fun place for me to start because I always say it's not about the other person. What did you do or didn't do that caused that person to not like you enough to totally blow you off? What did you do? <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. One, 100%. So a lot of this is so much, in my opinion, psychologically based in some ways, right? This is not oh, yeah. so much about skill set and having the ability to sell. And to close and all of that. It's this is a lot of
1: inner work, in That's my opinion. Exactly I mean what it is. Right. It right? typically isn't a skill set. Sometimes it is around how they're doing something, but most of the time it's that ingrained behavior that they're so used to doing. It's so it's like a, a record. It keeps playing the same song. You don't put a record on, oh, I'm dating myself and expect <laughs> it to play something different, right? It's going to blame what's on the record. So yeah, that's where we've got to pull the needle up. Oh man, that's how, that's a 50 year old reference. But (laughs) but it's true. If we don't break the pattern, then it just stays ingrained. And then we get to blame the world, blame everyone else instead of saying, oh my gosh, maybe it is me. Maybe there are some things I'm doing or not doing that is causing all this to happen. And that's where breaking those bad habits come in. Oh. There's so much to unpack here.
0: I'm thinking about these bad habits that show up at every experience level, in every age group. I know I work with a lot of clients who, you know, they're either frustrated with their young sales team that don't have the skills and act like they know it all. Or they're frustrated with their veteran sales team that knows it all and basically old dogs, new tricks. They don't want to learn they don't want to change because it's, yes. it's harder to change those habits or they've confused themselves into believing that I've always done this and it works. Yep. And then I'm like, but well, how is it working for you? Right. Right. Are you meeting? And I'm like, you must be exceeding your numbers then. And then there's silence. Exactly. Right. So when we look at starting to change those, you know, number one, acknowledge it. Right. Let's unpack that one. What about the person that can't acknowledge it or won't acknowledge it. They just can't see it. They don't have the the emotional intelligence to do so.
1: Or the other side of that is their ego is too big to acknowledge that I'm attached to this and I have to look good or I need to sound good or I can't make any changes because what if I fail? So they're listening to the voice of their ego versus the voice of their, I would say, authentic self. Yeah. Really going inward and saying, all right, I've played this game long enough. It's not working for me. I need to get real with myself. But you have to be ready to go there. Not everybody's ready. Just because someone's in pain, I always say, doesn't mean they're ready to get out of pain. Sometimes people will stay in pain for 30 years until the day it doesn't work anymore. So I don't want to work with people where I have to convince them that your ego is at play and you don't want to learn to break these bad habits. I want to work with the willing. That's that's (laughs) the only people I want to work with who come to me and say, you know what? I know I have some things in the way. I just don't know where they are and when I find them, what to do instead or how to replace one of my bad habits with a habit that starts to serve me. So I only work with the willing. So let's talk about the willing, the people (laughs) who are saying, you know what? Maybe my ego is too big. Maybe I really need to get some help. Maybe I really do need to ask someone I trust. What are you seeing in me? What are some of my blind spots that I'm not able to see on my own? And start there. So acknowledging it, of course, looking at, is it the ego or is it really your true self that's trying to come out? And then jumping headfirst into that.
0: You know, I'm with you when it comes, especially when it comes to both coaching and training or consulting. I want to work with the willing. I have no bandwidth. I tell the story about a discovery call I had with a woman who, you know, everything possible could be going wrong in her life. And then it was, you know, I just wanted a magic bullet. And I'm like, there's no magic bullet. I'm like, the (laughs) the magic bullet is hard work. That's it. She's like, oh, I was really hoping you're going to tell me something different. No, I'm not. (laughs) And I really, I did not want to work with her because that Mm -hmm. was going to be exhausting for me. But then there's a sense of guilt with it, too, of like, yes, I I agree. You have to acknowledge you have a habit problem, let's say, a bad sales habit problem. What about the people that do you ever feel, maybe this is just my codependency, I feel like part of my job as a salesperson is to find a way to show them the way that they don't see Mm -hmm. so that they can get to that awakening of, oh, maybe I do have a problem. Do you have any thoughts on that? And I ask this question to you because of sales leaders who might be frustrated with how to get through to people who don't see it, but but the leader sees it.
1: Excellent question. And yes, I have experience with this on both sides, where I will challenge someone and say, let's just take everything off the table or let's pretend you and I are friends and we're having a conversation. And I'm about to ask you a question that you can be honest with, like just right from your gut and your heart and your head, be honest with me. Do you really in your heart? Do you see yourself changing this? Do you really want this bad enough that you're willing to do the work it takes? And just and the first thing that comes to your head, tell me. And I have had people say, I don't really want to. I don't want to do the deep work. I want to, they, or they just want to snorkel, not scuba dive. They're ready to just stay on the surface. I just want to fix a couple of things here and there. They're not ready to scuba dive. Yeah. And on the other other side, I've said that to people and they say, you know what? I can't not do this. I have to. I want to go scuba diving. I want to get to the root of what this problem is and get around that. And I think you're the person to help me with that. So it's asking the question, do you really want it? If you don't, let's just yeah. say goodbye to each other. We'll still be friends on Facebook and LinkedIn, but I'm not your gal. I can't because it's too much work to try to push against something that is pushing back at me. I want this beautiful dance of someone who may push back a little, but is open someone who may be a little closed off, but then we start to have a conversation and I could start seeing them start to pull away the layers again, working with the willing. So I, I never feel guilty giving people the ability to tell me the truth. Just let's be honest with each other because I'm going to find out in the first two sessions. If you're really telling me the truth, if you tell me you want it and then you push back on everything, then I know that you are lying. Yeah. So let's just be real now before any money is exchanged and let's go forward th- from there. And most people are not used to being spoken to that way. And of course, I don't true. speak that from my head. I always make sure I speak that type of conversation from my heart, that it really is coming from a true place for me. And I know they feel it. And that's where I can get the honesty from someone. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I agree. I speak from the heart in the the same scenarios like that one woman magic bullet I'm like you have to do the hard work yeah that I'm like I have no other answer for you if you're ready to do the hard work and get that's the magic
1: bullet the magic bullet is hard work
0: (laughs) you just have to you know walk away from it you know she had all these things going on and I, I let her dump it out. And I said, I've been there. I probably had eight of the 10 things you just shared with me from a personal perspective as a woman. Yeah. And then I turned it around. And here's where I sit today. And here's the and I painted the picture of my today. And she's like,
1: I want that. I'm like, that's great. Yeah. But you got to put in the work." (laughs) So she had too much momentum going in the wrong direction and yeah. it's really hard to stop the momentum. It's like a wheel just spinning, spinning, spinning. It takes a lot for that to slow down. And until that's completely slowed down, almost not even moving, can you start going the other way? So if somebody yeah. really wants it, It has there. there's a process to get there. Or they really need to hit a rock
0: bottom. I think for her, she was pretty close to rock bottom, but maybe mm-hmm. not exactly a rock bottom. So maybe she'll turn that around. Let's talk about a sales leader who sees it in someone, sees Mm -hmm. the bad habits. We know a lot of sales leaders don't actually get sales leader training. They're just thrown into it and they don't know how to deal with it. They can see the bad habits. That person can't see it, but the sales Mm -hmm. leader can see it. How could the sales leader approach that person with the bad habits?
1: I would probably say almost in a similar way that here's what I'm noticing. This is an area that you could that could use some work on or some help around. And do you want it? Do you want to get better here? Do you want to keep going back to bad habits? And really having that heart-to-heart conversation with someone asking them, how bad do you really want this? Is this something you see yourself changing? If not, then maybe we call it a day. And because keeping people who have bad habits that they're not willing to change or work around is a disaster, is a complete disaster. Disaster on a sales team. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen this scenario come up. Oh, but she's with me for such a long time. And oh, she's such a nice person. And he's going through a lot right now, or he's always been that way. Well, then, good. You're codependent. You're helping that behavior. So I see a lot of codependency in that where a sales leader is unwilling to take a stand for someone in such a beautiful and strong way and take a stand for that person, but then be that stand for that person and hold their feet to the fire.
0: Yeah. I and I think that's some hard truth. Yeah. For any sales leaders listening. I've seen that a lot too. Like if you don't address it, if you don't coach it. You, step one, and then step two. If they're resistant, and I've seen this a lot with veteran salespeople, because mm-hmm. I, here's how I diagnose that. Uh, how do you like that word? Because we're in charge of the sales clinic. <laughs> how I diagnose that is that that a lot of those veterans don't they didn't actually receive sales training ever, and so right. so they created their own way of doing things because they were left out. You know, they were like the abandoned child kicked to the street, and. They're like, I'll figure this out. And so they do it kind of the scrappy way. And then all of a sudden, you know, someone comes in and goes, hey, we're going to provide you with sales training. Right. And they're like, I've been I've had guys, mostly guys say to me, I've been doing this for 30 years and you it could teach just, me anything. <laughs> yeah, it works just fine. Right. I'm not changing that mindset now. And when I do, I'm like thrilled because I feel like a miracle worker. So it does happen. It does does. happen where they go, you know what? I learned something new. (laughs) And where they were open to the listening in it. So I think a sales leader has to take, has to have the courage to first have the conversation. And then if there are no changes, then you either have
1: consequences or you live with it. That's right. Because you, if you just keep changing the doing, And the doing and put do use this email, not that say this, not that and not change the being, not change the human being first Then ever. It's like putting shit on top of ice cream. You know, it's never going to taste good. It's never just keep layering crap on top of what you just gave me
0: such a visual. That was probably the best visual I could get to stay away from ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for that. You're quite welcome. <laughs> Ice cream's my weakness. So talking about bad habits, let's, <laughs> let's talk about some of these bad habits. What about the being too pushy bad habit?
1: Well, that's one of those that we hear all the time that I don't want to be one of those pushy salespeople. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to be one of those aggressive assholes. <laughs> and I tell people that when you declare what you don't want to be, you actually wind up being that. So when you say I don't want to be pushy, I don't want to be one of those people and you don't acknowledge you you step on the gas of what you don't want to be versus declaring hey you know what I think I want my true self to show up or I want to be more authentic or I really want to show up as myself. I don't want to have any airs about me or pretend that I'm greater than someone else and just acknowledge that and don't acknowledge what you don't want to be just declare what you do want to be. And Gina every day. Well, I wrote a book about this, so I know about it. However, that was four years ago. And now when I think about the word authenticity, while it's important, it's a little overused these days. I'm so tired of it. A lot overused. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also misused and it's misunderstood. And people will say, oh, Liz, could you teach me how to be more authentic? Can you I really want to work on my authenticity skills. And while I understand the question, my answer is always the same. And it's a little smart assy. But I say <laughs> the best and most powerful, effective way to be authentic is to stop being inauthentic, is to get that crap off. When it's about getting real about how you're showing up. And if you're showing up as inauthentic, You'll never be able to get to authenticity because you're so practiced at being inauthentic. So it's noticing when you're doing the thing you do that keeps you from being the real you. Boom. It's the thing you do all the time that keeps you from being the real you. And we all know when that shows up. We all know when we're in a meeting and we want to say something from our heart. Mm. We disregard that and we say what's on our mind and or we say what people what we think people want us to say that's right which is the most inauthentic way to be so authenticity is everyone's natural state right that's we it's our factory setting at birth we're authentic but most adults have changed their factory settings around their authenticity Ooh. because it's been conditioned out of us by a society that tells them this is right this is wrong you're not good enough You need to be different to fit in or you have to a certain way in order for people to accept you. So this is where so many of the bad habits get formed. So you watch someone and they're maybe a little more assertive and you think, oh, I'll try that. I'll be more assertive. But it comes across as aggressive and pushy because you're trying on someone else's way of being and you haven't figured out your own. So you try what someone else is doing, but don't really align with who you are. It never works. And then the salesperson gets to say, see, I'm terrible at this. I'm not a natural salesperson. I'm not good at this. So they blame their bad habits on someone else instead of really saying, okay, well, that didn't really feel good inside of me when I did that. I didn't like that language. Let me go in and figure out what really does work for me. You
0: know, that that happened to me many years ago. This is, gosh, Probably 10 years ago when I first got into the coaching world and I first started doing a lot of sales coaching and I was following the uh, the blueprints that all these guru sales people or guru thought leaders were doing. Right. You join a mastermind and then they I joined a mastermind so that I could improve my training business at the time. And they they, put, they cookie cutter you and they're like, OK, you should become a coach. And I'm like, OK, that's not really why I came." not I came to increase training revenue. But I was like, I'm open to this. I'm moldable. And so I got I went down this path, this crazy path of coaching. And then you fall into the pattern of like, you need to have a a live three day event and you're going to give them, You know what I'm talking about? You're
1: going to do a five day challenge and and, give your shit
0: away. Yeah. Yeah. And you get people to come speak on your stage and you charge them to speak on your stage and create your funnel. Yeah, yeah. And you're doing all that. And then you're selling a program at the end of the three days. And so I fall down that rabbit trail, rabbit hole, and I do that. And I create a three day event that I do in Chicago and demon hire an event company and like went through the whole process. And wow. And, you know, it was really hard getting butts in seats. Right. So now you're trying to get people there and then you're selling a program. And someone came up to me during that it was someone who I'd connected with through a friend of a friend she happened to live in Chicago and she came and saw me and at the end of the first or second day she came up to me and she said so you you haven't sold any of these packages yet have you and I said <laughs> no she's like because you're completely misaligned you are so misaligned with how you're presenting yourself yeah. you're presenting yourself in the style of a guru and it's not who you are and so you're following this guru framework, and so there's a misalignment. They don't quite know what it is; They just know there's something yes about what, off yes, something that you're offering doesn't connect with them,
1: yes, and it was such it's a word your words aren't matching. It's like when you watch a movie and the words aren't caught up with the lips something's off and it's distracting it's like yeah yeah so that it was such an aha
0: moment and and she actually had a coaching program in marketing alignment which I did ultimately join oh. uh, which was a really good investment because she showed she walked us through this path of like you know, sort of like a personality assessment of like mm-hmm. where do you fall in from a marketing perspective of how people are going to connect with you Yes. and guru is one, but I'm not. The guru personality is do as I tell you to do because it worked for me. Right. Do exactly what I did, and it <laughs> will work for you. Yep. The problem is I am not you. You are not me, and then there was a, another. There's like four different personalities, like a personality assessment, and the other one was a, tru- a truth guide, a trust guide, a truth guide, oh, okay. a truth guide. It's the person who leads you down the path, but doesn't say, do it this way. Says, okay, where are we going on the path? Where do you want to get to? Let me find what is your natural strengths and help guide you down the path for you to create what you want. And that that was the category I fell into. And so imagine showing up in a guru style framework (laughs) when I'm more of the truth guide of getting you to your truth So that was the disconnect in it. Right. Because I was not authentic. I wasn't who I naturally was. Right.
1: You changed your factory settings to mold the guru. And it's impossible. There's no way that anybody would have rushed the stage and said, here's my credit card. I want 10 packages. There's no way they could because there was no magnetic pull to you exactly. there was a, a more of a, a repellent that was actually okay. happening good for you for hearing what she had to say and really hearing it you yeah. heard it and i'm sure it wasn't easy to hear that but what beautiful advice that someone gave you because they were seeing it and you were modeling something different and she caught you right in the moment yes. to be able to shift a bad habit that you were in or a behavior that you didn't see e- exactly and what ended up happening
0: going through her program the category that I fell into was really everything indicated that it was about my voice. Ah. Everything came to my voice. Okay, that My voice was going to be what attracted people, whether oh it was God. the words I was saying or how yeah. I was speaking, it would be what p- would bring people in. And so once you find that, that out of like, what is the thing that will pull people to you, then what are the modalities that you use from a marketing perspective? So right. from a marketing perspective, it kept coming up. I'm just giving you a little history yeah. now. It kept coming up, you know, you should be podcasting. That would be one, that would be a platform that would attract people to. So that's how I ended up starting in podcasting back in 2016. I launched my first podcast then, Ooh. which was The Pivotal Leader. That's how I, you know, because it's like, okay, if that's what attracts, right? And that's where I started to hone. I'm like, just own my voice. Just, right. Own what I say. Own
1: who I am exactly as I am. Exactly. And that's where the power is. It's not in following someone else or doing. I always say just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean it works. It just means it's popular. (laughs) All it Like is doesn't mean anything. Well, I'm just going to do what everyone else is doing. They're doing five day challenges. Oh, it's so big or I'm going to go to a funnel course. Just because there's 3000 people at this doesn't mean that it works for you. And until you pull back the curtain and get real with you first, nothing's going to happen. But when yes. you do, when you really pull it back and you get real there, and I, like I said, the that's where the power is. Watch what happens to you, your business and your bottom line when you lead from that place, not from the outside in. It's the inside out. And that's what's a hard work. That's there's no magic bullet there. Going no, in digging up yeah. your crap is never fun. But the journey is always worth it.
0: Yeah. It's knowing exactly who you are, knowing what people like about you. Every time someone reaches out to me because they listen to the podcast, they follow me on social media. And every now and then I get one of those messages of like, oh, I love your show you don't know this, but you're like a secret mentor to me. Oh, I I always schedule a call with that person because I want to learn more about how they see me. What's the lens they're seeing me in because we don't always see that for ourselves. Very true. We have a hard time seeing what others see, but maybe we're rejecting ourselves as well. Maybe we're like, oh, is that Maybe I don't want to be seen that way. Well, the reality is you are what you are, whatever that is. And so if you can accept how you're seen, the positive pieces, and like the negative pieces, then you can work on those. But then the positive pieces, why not
1: blow that up? Yeah, yeah. because the positive pieces are really otherwise known as impact. You're making an impact with those positive pieces. Go for it. Lean the horn on impact because if the impact is there, that's when you start to touch more people.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about the rinse and repeat attitude, habit, whatever we want to call that habit. Addiction. Um, yeah, let's get the <laughs> habit of, and Jeff Bajork and I have a tendency to disagree on this. So if he were here, he would chime in. Okay. I get crazy about these LinkedIn pitch slapping messages I get yep. where they connect and then they go into the pitch slap and I'm like, yes, you need to sell. That's what, you know, Jeff's like, good for them. They're selling. And I'm like, that's great. I'm also a big believer in everything that we teach at Sales Gravy as far as like neuroscience and the amygdala and breaking the pattern of like, gosh, where did you copy and paste this message that you just put? into my LinkedIn that I have received like a million times. And this is one that kind of came up to the most recent, right? Like, oh, I saved them too. I, I save them. I, you and I need to like teach a class on this or something because I, I want to do something with this because yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm so convicted by it. Like, so I can, someone connects with me. It's like, I love connecting with accomplished entrepreneurs and would be thrilled to have you in my network. Okay, I'll take the bait. Because right. I, I already know that this is a baity kind of yeah.
1: you know what's coming next. I it's know that we're obvious. here to sell.
0: Yep. But you know, take me to dinner before you take me to bed is what I like yep. to usually say. And sometimes mm-hmm. I tell them that. So I connect, she's like, great to connect. Is there anything you're really loving about your business right now? Yeah, I'm like, I've that's the same one. Yes. I'm like, that's so 2017. Yeah. Who taught you that? Like Okay, and so I take, I'm like, I just do a one-word response, everything. Because I just want to play the game and I want to see how they are handling this, right? Well, that's fantastic. Not everyone can say that, these days. I have always enjoyed working with entrepreneurs and supporting sustainable business growth. And it's been such a blessing financially and lifestyle-wise. I'm curious, fast forward one year from now, What would have happened for you to consider the next 12 months a total win or a dream come true? I'm like, stop. Try to make this a natural conversation. Yeah. I'm throwing the objection, the resistance in because I want to see how she's going to tweak her script. Yeah. Right. So she's still getting her script in there. Yeah. Right. And like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go for the, what would it look like in 12 months? I don't even know you. (laughs) That's right. I've, I don't I'm lucky if I can figure out what I'm having for lunch later today. Right. I'm not thinking about my I do have a 12 month plan, but I, I don't know, know you. Do. Why am I going to share Right, I'm not so, sharing it. Right. I respond. All the things. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're amused by this. Then the response is I love the enthusiasm. <laughs> you know, my life completely changed when I started modifying some daily practices. It has such monumental results in my business and quality of life. It has become a priority for me to share with other entrepreneurs with no strings attached. I'd love to hop on a call with you. At zero cost, (laughs) I'm offering income flow sessions that take you through a powerful step-by-step process proven to double or triple your income. Oh, that's my favorite. 20 to 30 hours less. Would you like one of my complimentary sessions?
1: I only have a few left. They're going fast. Sign up now. Yeah, oh yeah. Cheesy, all about the cheese, and a lot of I statements. I, I do this, I'm great at that. And Gina, this is being taught. Some yes. paid a lot of money to get this yes. program that promised I could double or triple your bottom line. Or I can get you 20 calls a day from qualified people who are ready to give you their credit card over the phone with it. And somebody bought this program because they're looking for that magic bullet. That's not working with the willing. That's working with the desperate. That's working for someone who's looking for that magic bullet and doesn't really see that isn't how life is that isn't yeah. how people are. No one wants that. I always turn that around and say, "Would you respond to your own message? Would you respond to this crap that you just put in my LinkedIn?" And sometimes, I'll, you're nice. I will. I'll <laughs> say, "Wow, you're my perfect kind of client. Someone who has no idea how to prospect effectively. Would you be open to one of my complimentary coaching sessions?" <laughs> Wait. All right. So with I, I have different
0: responses, right, for all of them. So. Uh-huh. I said, thank you. I don't need your services. Maybe I could help you with your outbound prospecting approach. So you don't sound like every other coach pitch slapping on LinkedIn. You need to disrupt the pattern in the brains of your prospects who get at least five of these messages like yours every day. It's old and tired and expected. So I go, I don't do complimentary sessions because my time is too value <laughs> valuable. <laughs> yeah. But I'm happy to meet with you to show you what it looks like to work with me and how the investment would attract more clients. Let me know.
1: And then you never hear from those people because it's automated and they don't want to feel the feeling of what it means to have a two way open conversation with someone to even poke around to see if there's a fit and a reason to keep talking because that's work. That takes work. It's easy to send out a thousand messages a day and hope that somebody on the other end is receiving it in that way. And I always say the way that it's sent out is the way it's received. If you're desperate, it's going to only attract desperate people. It can't attract open, healthy people who read that message. It's just not. Yeah. And this is where this addiction, it's an addiction and an attachment to This is what is being taught. This is what everyone else is doing. Well, yeah, now you should be zagging while everybody is zigging. That is the key right now. If you're going, if everybody's running to the right, you better run to the left and give up the addiction. I think that's a really good
0: point for everybody listening just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean you should be doing it. Just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean it's going to work if you're doing it It just Just because it's
1: popular because
0: everybody is doing it is why you shouldn't do it. Right. (laughs)
1: That's it
0: again, because I look at this over time, things that I used to do in a sales approach 10 years ago are different from things that I do now because it worked then. It doesn't mean it works now. Again, going back to how the brain operates, like, uh, you've got it on your website too about the things that you say, and we talk about this as, as well as oh. sales gravy, right? If you start yeah. think, saying things like, did I catch you at a good time? <laughs> right? No,
1: no, you no. didn't. No, it's, it's never, never a, good, a time. good time to talk to someone who uses that cheesy opener. Never. Right. <laughs> right. So
0: the thing is that once we become conditioned to, oh, you're a salesperson because you're using salesperson jargon, yes. then we shut down. So, You have to constantly be in in the mindset of creating the disrupts.
1: That's right. And I call the I call it lazy language and Mm -hmm. the language that people use consistently because they're getting emails that have the same lazy language in it. And whenever I see an email that starts out with, I hope this email finds you well, I hope you're doing great today. I hope you had a good weekend and you don't even know me when you don't know me and you throw out that cheese right away. it it doesn't you don't come across as polite and kind. You look like the biggest inauthentic salesperson. I got one the other day that said, I hope this message greets you in the best spirits. <laughs> oh, yes. Your timing is amazing. I am now in great spirits because <laughs> of your cheesy line. And the hits keep coming and people think because everybody else is saying that. Let me just do that. When, in fact, you look and sound like everyone else. It does nothing to create credibility. And I hope you're doing great. I don't think you sat down and said, gosh, I hope this total stranger is doing great today. I really do. And I'm going to express that. No, you sound like everyone else and you're buttering me up. Get to the point. You have three seconds. Don't waste your time on cheese and lazy language. Unless it unless that cheese comes with wine, Liz. Exactly. Right. Only reason that but would it, be. Cut to the chase. You know, really, cut to the chase. Or I, my another one is, I know you're busy, so I won't waste your time. Well, <laughs> you, you just did with that asinine piece of garbage.
0: Wait, I, I love the when you the email. This this is what I push back on. I hope this email finds you well. I'm like, I didn't know that email had the power to find things. do that, right? Right? I literally said, and people look at me like, I'm like, think about it. I hope this email finds you well. It's an email. It's an inanimate object. It's not, it can't find me well. And to your point, get to the point. So I would love your perspective because I get pushed back on this. Uh-huh. I'm direct and to the point. Yep. I've had people, you know, the, all that languaging, right? When the follow up, checking in, circling yes. back, bumping this email to the top. That's the newest one lately, yeah. right? Like that now is, yeah. they're like, well, what are we supposed to say when we're trying to follow up on a proposal? I'm like, put in the subject line. Where do we stand?
1: And Wait, leave and the F word out of it. The F word should never, ever be typed or used or said unless in your head you're saying, oh, I need to follow up with that person. That's it. Do not type it. Do not use it. But Gina, it just it's it goes along that same line of all these bad, bad sales habits that just keep getting ingrained in people because people are sharing. Oh, I tried this prospecting message. Why don't you say this? Or I heard this on a podcast. Say this. and. First of all, if you have something special to say and you think your message is so phenomenal, then just get to it. Get to the point. If you say, I I don't want to waste your time, I know you're busy, then respect my inbox. Respect me and don't waste my time in such a stupid way. Show me that you care about my time by treating it with respect. Don't come in my inbox and disrespect me or anyone else. It's not just me not liking that. It's everyone else. I sit in these meetings with clients and they'll tell me this is what we're this is the language that we're using and we'll have a conversation about that and they go i even hate it when somebody says that so why are we using that so i never tell people what to say unless i know them i'm not going to sit here and say don't say this say this i can give some suggestions but i need to know you i need to know your language how you talk what you did in the last meeting what you said to those people the last time you saw them the whites of their eyes I want to know what your follow up process is. How do you set it up? How do you do it successfully? Because if you have to send an email that says I'm just following up, touching base, reaching out and checking in, you miss the mark so far that any of the follow up that you do will not ma- matter Preach. at all, because you missed the ma- mark three, Preach. three meetings ago.
0: Yeah. So two things with this right? Get to the point and get to the point in your language that is authentic with you. So when I gave that advice of my subject lines are, where do we stand? I already have a relationship. We've already had discovery. I've yeah. sent it. We've I done a proposal. Where do we stand on the proposal? Where do we stand on moving forward? Yep. And the reaction, right? They like their mouths drop and they go, isn't that rude? I'm like, what's rude about it?
1: It's called it's, being direct. It's right. direct. So you can't
0: do direct. That's inauthentic. Well, this is, you know, love your thoughts on this because I'm like, if we're all going to be stuck in this place of like direct is rude, then we all got problems because oh, yeah. direct is kind. Direct is respecting my time by getting to the point and not giving me extra words to read. I, now, granted, totally we all have agree. different personalities and yeah. there might be. Oh, you know, Canadians are a little nicer than people in the U.S. We all joke about that. But get to the point. You can still be nice and direct. Yes. What's your advice? Yeah. What's your advice for that
1: for people like, but it feels like I'm not being polite. Yeah. And I hear that all the time. There's a whole subset of people who right away will say, well, I'm not like you. You just tell it like it is. And I go, "Okay. (laughs) well, then. Are you expecting me to lie to you first and then tell you the truth? What would you prefer? You just tell it like it is. And I think, oh, my gosh, well, is there any other way than to speak truthfully and direct? (laughs) And, And so the bottom line to this is your customers, your potential clients absolutely will hold you in a higher regard and have a deep respect for business owners and professionals who are efficient and organized, who are dedicated to keeping the momentum going in a conversation without adding more fluff or making me work too hard in these follow-up emails. My God, a whole paragraph I have to read through to get to the actual point when they could have stripped away the first paragraphs. You make me work too hard. That means I don't want to work with you. If you make me work too hard, it shows me that you're probably charging me double because you're doing double the work. And when you think about, the phrase, I'm just following up, I'm just bumping this to the top. I always say these phrases do absolutely nothing to move the sale forward. They actually do nothing. Because if they did, everybody would be a rock star. If the word follow up, touching base, reaching out and checking in, actually move someone to call you and say, I'm ready. Here's my credit card then everyone would be a rock star. These are lame and lazy phrases that are overused by professionals because this is what they're still taught. And again, just because everyone's teaching, it doesn't mean it's effective anymore. So I don't believe in, people will say, don't leave a meeting without scheduling the next meeting. Okay, that's 2000, I get that. Well, I do that. And I do it as well. I do that, I do that. But that, Gina, is where people stop with the, here's how you follow up appropriately. They think just setting that up is enough. You're well, right. it's not. I yes. believe there's a conversation that happens prior to that. And I might say, hey, Gina, I know we're both going to go back to our offices and our probably our hair is going to go back on fire. We're going to be running around doing a bunch of things. How would, do you want us to stay in touch? How would you like us... Yeah you keep this conversation going. So I'm doing this before I even set up a meeting, which again, it's a little, I want you to set up meetings, but that isn't where the training starts. It's before that. So you're setting yourself up as different by saying to a client, I'm not the type of person that's going to overload your inbox, bloat your inbox with follow-up messages that make you only annoyed and not move this process forward let's talk about what it looks like to take another step or have another conversation so that we're clear on what it looks like yeah. moving forward. Great Agree point. we do business or not. Great
0: point. So it's really about not necessarily the next appointment so much as what we teach at Sales Gravy is about the micro commitment. What is the next thing? And then finding out from them and flexing to them of what would work with them. And I know you know this, right? Depending on who you're working with, some clients, some prospects, if there are a lot of stakeholders involved, oh, yeah. that's where I have to have the conversation of like, how would how does this work for you guys? Like how does this process, how does your buying process work? Let's lay that out so we know how to work with you. So what does right. that look like? Right. Um and
1: talk I've, about it. What this is where people think, oh, that's too pushy. When I say that's respectful, that's respect at its highest. So the people who call that pushy are really people who are, I'm not going to use the word, who are passive and they don't want to go there because they're so uncomfortable with being direct that they'd rather be passive and wishy-washy and weak, which never gets the sale. So pushy doesn't get it and wishy-washy doesn't get it either. If you don't find that middle ground where you are a professional and you come across as that high level professional, they're not buying from you. So pushy and wishy-washy don't work. It's up to you to figure out where do you stand where you can be the most effective and choose the language that may be a little uncomfortable, but there's a whole lot of respect. And you do it a couple of times and you realize, oh, this really works. Holy crap. I can honestly say that I hardly ever have anybody blow me off and completely blow me off where I'm baffled. And I go, this is Never do I have that because of the respect and... That we have for each other through the process and the way we engage with each other sets up the conversation, the next conversation and maybe the next 10 to be right on the tee, to use a golf example. It's perfect. It's ready to go right down the fairway and stay there and not go off in the weeds. We're all at choice every day. I love it. I love it. Gosh, we could do another show.
0: We got to wrap up soon, Okay, but but, but I would definitely love to have you come back and we could expound on the rest of these bad habits for sure. Tell us a little bit more about the sales clinic and what that is and how people can work with you and get involved with the sales clinic. What is that?
1: Well, the sales clinic is either for companies that hire me to do a clinic in their company or individuals. I really do like working with individuals doing one-on-one coaching, but The clinic is just that you check into a clinic and before you are given a prescription or a plan or a diagnosis, we need to go in and figure out what's wrong. So I always start with a business CAT scan and a sales MRI. And I get inside the workings of your business, what's working, what's not, what's at stake, what the problem is, what is in the way and fully understand how I can best help someone. So I don't I will not take someone's word and say, oh, we just need help with cold calling. No, you don't. I want to get in there and find out why you need help with cold calling. So it always starts with that. And then from there, I can prescribe and create a plan. And it's very unique to what you need. It's not a one size fits all, just like going to a physical therapist. You're not everybody that leaves there doesn't get shoulder exercises. If I just had knee surgery, you're going to get what you specifically need to move the needle in your business and with the mri and the cat scan i personally get to see who's open who's willing who's not so it's a real great place for me to be able to qualify someone for are they ready to check in and get themselves ready with their gown on backwards and then let's go and <laughs> Do these scans or not get dressed and go home. But once someone checks in, that's where the fun begins. And I have such joy in this because we really get inside the personality of someone, what works for someone. And I use the analogy of a of a ophthalmologist. How does this sound? How does this sound? How does this look? You know, you look (laughs) through and love it. so, So it's a way for someone to say, oh, I like that or not quite there yet. I like what you're saying, but could I do it this way? So then in the end of the sales clinic, when we check out, people have a process that works for them because it's made for them. It's customized for them and it fits them. Not someone else's process that they found on the internet and it doesn't work for them. Love so, it, Liz. I I, awesome. I I love that. And
0: with that being said, for many people who like to go to Dr. Google to find <laughs> the cure to their problems, you is. know, searching for it on the internet might not be the answer either. So oh, you're yeah. going to... You're going to get a million different answers by searching the internet for the mm-hmm. answer to what ails you, and maybe you need to talk to a professional instead of the thirty opinions you're going to get on Doctor Google. So true. <laughs> um, how can people get a hold of you? Reach out to you. Work with you.
1: you know, well, uh, go right to my website, LizWendling.com. Connect with me on LinkedIn and connect with me and don't use some of the language we talked about today. And I'd be happy to connect with you and have a conversation with you or even Amazon. My books are, all my books are on Amazon as well. Fantastic. As always, it is such
0: a pleasure. Let's not wait four years to (laughs) do this again. Sounds good. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Gina. Good talking to you. Awesome. Thank you listeners for listening to this episode of the women your mother warns you about brought to you by Sales Gravy. And again, you can up-level your game and not fall into those bad, pushy, wishy-washy habits by taking courses at Sales Gravy. So salesgravy.university is what you want to check out. I even have some courses there, both live and on demand. For more about this show, you can check out WomenYourMotherWarnedYouAbout.com and find all of our social media channels as well. And don't forget, you can now watch the show. And thanks, Liz, for not wearing your running suit today. I know it's early where you are, but you can watch us on YouTube and listen, and we will see you next time.